Kim D had a podcast with John Fuda last week and uh, she had to preface it with a warning to her listeners and her Patreon followers. If you go and check under Kim's um, Instagram page, you will see that it's absolutely insane. Some people have very strong feelings about the John Fuda interview. Some people are upset that she had him on or that she wanted to have him on. Some people have threatened that they will cancel their Patreon membership with Kim. Other people say that they will no longer follow her. Um, some people have said like really nasty things. Like I'm telling you guys, it's pretty crazy out there. And if you go and read some of the comments, um, some people are just like directly attacking Kim D because she decided to have John Fuda on and they see it as some sort of betrayal because in their minds Kim D should be uh, just vouching for Teresa Judice just because um, her and Teresa are softening towards each other so anyways to make a long story short it seems like a lot of people have very 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 strong opinions of that interview and i'm not really sure that it's well deserved actually i am sure that it is not deserved at all in my opinion especially if people are completely unwilling to give the interview a chance and they're just really set in their ways, they don't want to like John Fuda, I'm not sure why exactly. Um, people have very strong opinions about him, um, the way that, you know, he handled the reunion. Some people liked it, some people didn't. So a lot of people see this as a betrayal. But anyways, so... Um, one of the things that I would have to say when it comes to that entire interview, and of course, guys, it's on her Patreon, it's behind a paywall, so I'm just going to cover what I think um, kind of spoke to me a little bit when it came to that interview. So, John, contrary to um, the popular belief out there online, John is actually talking mostly about his life, his upbringing, some of the troubles that he got into when he was young. He doesn't really go in full details, but he does cover that. He also talks a lot about his son and how his having a son changed his life, how he kind he kind of had to step up and um, you know, just become a better person. So people seem to be still upset that his ex was brought up on the show and if you guys go back to some of my previous episodes i did cover that and just that as a refresher rachel fuda is the one who brought up the ex-girlfriend without get without giving any details on the addiction okay so she just brought her up she did explain, you know, a little situation that was, um, you know, a little sketchy or unsafe for Jaden, but she didn't really go and I don't feel like she dragged her. I don't feel like she was disrespectful towards um, John Fuda's ex. I just thought at the time that, you know what, because this woman is not on the show um, and now we're kind of like bringing her up in that way. Um, it's kind of unfair because she doesn't really have a platform to defend herself. I did think that at the time. However, I do not feel like Rachel was being disrespectful when she brought her up on the show. So 
so that's refresher number one. She brought it up and John Fuda was like, you know, standing in the corner like of the island in the kitchen. And to me, he looked like he was visibly uncomfortable on camera. He didn't really want to talk about it. When she was talking about that situation, all he said was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was not really speaking about the matter. He looked uncomfortable. He didn't want to bring her up. And I even think at some point in time, maybe not during that scene, but at some point in time, he said that the whole adoption process, it's not like that he didn't want to do it sooner. It's kind of just like he doesn't want to bring her back into their lives because that possibly means that he, he's going to have to deal with her or have some sort of contact with her in order to officialize everything. So, you know, he was definitely hesitant to kind of like open the Pandora's box because it may mean that they have to reach out to her, which was confirmed by the lawyer at that at that time. Right. But anyways, so one thing that I'm realizing now um, is that it's kind of difficult to talk about a situation where you want to adopt um, John Fuda's son without necessarily providing insight to the viewer as to why Jaden needs to be adopted. And we can't act as if like it's not going to raise any question. They're on a reality TV show. Even if they didn't mention anything about the, the adoption, it would have come out at some point in time. Someone would have leaked it to the blogs and said, it's not her son, right? He like her mom was this or her mom was that. So at some point in time, they would have had to um, talk about the situation and why they need to adopt um, Jaden. So I don't feel like the ex was dragged. I don't feel like they spoke poorly of her. And one thing that I do find compelling in the John Fuda interview was that he said to Kim D that in the state of New Jersey, it's hard for fathers to get full custody of their kid. But because the mother was not in a good place to raise their son and obviously still isn't uh, because of where she is, um, John Fuda had to step in. So I'm just, you know, what kind of father he would have been had he not stepped stepped up to the plate you know people are really quick to just call um fathers that don't take care of their kids like deadbeat dad like we've seen it on multiple reality shows even like in orange county uh you know the ladies were constantly calling slade a deadbeat dad they were saying he was not taking care of his financial responsibilities you know um it, it, it's frowned upon right so I feel like John Fuda did the right thing. And then, of course, people are never going to be happy. Some people are going to say, oh, well, he had a maid when he was little. Oh, well, his mom was taking care of the kid. Oh, well, this. Oh, well, that. At the end of the day, he was much mature enough back then to remove the kid out of like an unsafe situation and step in as a father. And yes, maybe all of those things are true. Maybe he did need the help of, uh, of a nanny. Maybe he did need the help of a mother. But at the end of the day, he, protect, he provided a safe environment for his son. Okay, so I don't necessarily think it is fair for people to not want to give him at least that. And uh, Rachel also stepped in, you know, at the end of the day, she raised, she helped him raise Jaden, right? So that was one of the things that I really liked from the interview. His love for his son is, um, 
you know, you can really feel that. And uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up to your attention, guys, is that, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on online and people are saying that he's, you know, putting Teresa's name in his mouth and he's talking about Teresa and he's talking about Louis. Obviously, you have not listened to the interview if this is what you're saying, you know. Maybe you just listened to the 30 seconds or 45 seconds that was released on Kim D's um Instagram account and you just think that it's just this interview where he's dragging Teresa it's really not the case he's not dragging Teresa he's not dragging Louis don't let anybody tell you otherwise if you have listened to the interview and this is what you get from it it's it, it's not true because he speaks about Teresa like for a very short period of time and he doesn't really say anything negative about her he actually says um, at some point in time that him, Teresa and Louis, they all had interactions and conversations and things were going well, right? And uh, obviously some things were leaked to the press and I think that Teresa in that little sneak peek for, for sneak peek from next for next season, she is we hear her say that, you know, I, I got this information from your ex. So then, you know, whatever she got from the ex was not anything positive like she called him so many names she talked about their intimate life she she talked about a lot of stuff so, so the fact that john fuda just decided to retaliate and just say you know what uh you, you just keep on moving your husband a lot of people are taking offense to that and i don't think that people are understanding the true sense of the word because people are saying that john fuda is actually age shaming Teresa and I don't think that it was said in that manner I don't even see how you can make the connection between the two I don't think he's talking about it from a perspective perspective of age I think what he's saying is you know he actually explains this to Kim D he says at some point in time even in sports you could be the greatest of all time you could be the goat but you still have to retire you can't perform to the same extent as as you used to when you were young or when you just started this you go through stuff you change and all of that so basically i understand that what he's saying is that we need some fresh legs you know that there's an expression in sports that you say that fresh legs right soccer and all of that right so it's like he's not age shaming Teresa. he's just saying that you know she has been on the show for 14 years 14 seasons and at some point in time that yes maybe the curtains will close right maybe it will be time for her to pass the baton and give the opportunity to the next generation it's in that way so really if you think about it it's not that big of an insult if it's even considered an insult at all but anyways i digress oh, on another note another thing that i thought was very interesting that i wanted to share with you guys is that during her interview with john fuda kim d asked john if he had heard of the rumor of Teresa and Louis and Melissa Feaster getting into it at BravoCon. So I did cover that extensively in my last week uh, episode. So you can just go back to that one and you can actually listen to the recording that was deleted since, right? They had a podcast on Thursday, an emergency podcast about the whole situation. So just to make a long story short, allegedly some fans have seen or heard Melissa Feaster 
getting yelled at by Louis Ruelas at BravoCon. And then uh, another thing, another layer of that that I was not aware of, Kim D said to John Fuda that she had heard as well that Teresa yelled at Louis and said, allegedly, obviously, um, and said, stay out of my business. Kim also said that she's not know, she doesn't know if that part is true or not, but she did say that on her podcast. So then John said that, you know, several fans had came to him as well and kind of said that this incident took place. He could not, however, confirm or deny if it actually did as he was not present when this happened, allegedly. So Kim D goes into, um, you know, talking about Melissa Feaster and says that she knows that Teresa has a very close relationship with her. And then she talks about her own relationship with Melissa. Uh, I'm not sure if all of you guys know this, but Melissa has another podcast called Side Piece. And Kim D says to John Fuda that she was a guest on Melissa Feaster's podcast at some point in time, maybe one of the first, if not the first. So um, when Kim said that, I don't know why it, like, you know, I wanted to do a little bit more digging. I told you guys that before. I tend to retain useless information at time. I do I don't know why my brain is like this. But sometimes I hear something and it just sits at the back of my head and then later on someone says something and it just triggers it, right? So I don't know if you guys recall. Teresa had a podcast on Namaste Bitches with obviously her co-host Melissa Feaster and the episode actually I have it here it's called um, it's the July 26 2023 episode called um, Picks with Sofia Vergara and uh, I'm gonna play a little audio clip for you guys and I'm just gonna come back after to discuss it so here it is Like 
like, right. you know, if, if you're not working that, if you're not working out the right way. Right. So, you know, so you guys, you guys, sure. anyway, this is a story that Teresa started. <laughs> Teresa said, can we please record earlier? So I just being proactive and being an amazing, loving, co-host friend. Yeah, but she's supposed to check with me first. My, so my, what I was trying to say, my trainer is, you know, she's hot. No, meaning like she's hot, like everybody wants her, so her schedule is booked. You know, I could get in only when she tells me I could get in. So it's like, and now it's summertime. It's a pain in the ass. It's like, I'm so working now. So it's like, I don't know if I can fit her into my schedule, you know? Oh my gosh, you guys, we just talked for five minutes about a bunch of nonsense. Good morning. <laughs> so, but anyway, I love her. So let's, what are we talking about today? Let's, let's, get, let's get right into it. You are freaking crap. Okay, so that was the recording, guys. And I know some of you are probably thinking, okay, Stella, you just played this little audio clip and so what? What is it about what they said? You know, seems pretty playful to me. What's the deal, right? And you know what, guys? You're right. That's how I felt too. When I listened to the podcast back then, I was just like, oh, they're just having a little bit of fun with each other. You know, there's a little bit of a misunderstanding around the scheduling of the podcast and that kind of stuff. They're pulling each other's legs a little bit, but you know, no big deal, right? It seemed quite playful to me. However, it reminded me of an August 1st episode, you know, Dana, Dana Wilkie had uh, a different opinion than mine when I actually, I didn't even have an opinion back then about the little banter between Melissa and Teresa on their podcast until I heard something from Dana and it's in her Patreon, so I cannot play the audio clip. But I can tell you verbatim what was said when it comes to that little banter between the two ladies. So so I thought I would just um, read you a transcript of what Dana Wilkie had to say regarding that little banter between Teresa Judice and her co-host Melissa Feaster on her August 1st episode. As I said, I will not play the recording, but just trust that this is verbatim what was said at the time. So here it is. I'm going to read you a little extract. Recently, Teresa Judice got upset with Melissa Feaster. It was the episode that she talks about Sofia Vergara. And she says that Sophia is a B-I-T-C-H, that she didn't want to take a picture with Teresa Judice. And so she did reluctantly. And Teresa took offense because she said to her publicist, why? Why did you have me take a picture with that woman? And then Teresa heard it and was like, you know, felt dissed, disrespected or whatever. Anyways, what happened is she's pissed at Melissa because she asked Melissa to move the Namaste Bitches recording for their podcast like an hour or two. And instead of Melissa coming back and confirming, yes, I can move it up, you know, she just move it up. So she tried to be proactive to facilitate Teresa, which by the way, pretty much sums up the relationship. You know, Teresa is essentially like a dominatrix 
over Melissa. And Melissa is very kind and nice. And I don't even know how she's managing Teresa's personality. Now, I've had interaction with Melissa for real. And I know how good she is. So I was kind of pissed when I heard Teresa talking derogatory to her on her show. So unnecessary. And anyway, she was really bossy towards her. And it pissed me off. So full disclosure. So I remember when Dana said this because, you know, that was her opinion. Um, on her podcast and she was a little upset a little pissed um, like I referenced in the transcript she was upset that Teresa was speaking to Melissa Feaster in that manner right and I remember at the time I was thinking well I listened to the podcast too and I didn't feel like Teresa was being aggressive towards Melissa I didn't feel like she was being mean towards her or belittling her I just felt like you know Teresa is just being Teresa and she's just you know the ladies are laughing they're kind of making a joke out of it so I didn't take it seriously but now in light of the allegations of what took place at BravoCon now that you know there was like apparently people seeing or hearing Melissa and Louie allegedly get into it at BravoCon and Teresa getting upset as well now it's providing me with a different perspective and now I'm thinking what if Dana wasn't just speculating or wasn't just giving her opinion at the time. Maybe Dana was in the know about something back then. Maybe Dana was already trying to give us insight into the dynamic or the relationship between the two podcasters, Melissa and Teresa. Because now it's making sense to me. I'm thinking, you know, Dina was on um, Melissa Feaster's podcast before, Side Piece. She has talked about her and said that they're friends and that they talk and that she really, really, really likes her. She thinks that she's very funny. So now I'm thinking, is it possible that maybe, just maybe, and this is my opinion, guys, maybe Melissa feels a certain way and maybe she had a conversation in private with her friend Dana and truly voiced to her how she feels with Teresa in her relationship with Teresa on the podcast you know, Melissa always strikes me as the kind of person who's like super hypey, happy. You know, I've said it before, like she hypes a lot of things and she's just always in a good mood, right? And she's like a ball of energy. But what if she wasn't truly stating how she feels? It's possible that Melissa might have felt belittled or undermined at times, um, during the podcast with Teresa or maybe she feels like her time is not perceived as valuable as Teresa's time on the podcast right maybe she feels like 
you know, she has to jump through hoops and do a, like accommodate Teresa a lot in order for them to have this podcast together. So now I'm starting to think that maybe Melissa, you know, like a good girlfriend would do, she was maybe frustrated and maybe had a conversation with Dana privately and said to her, you know what, like, I, I really didn't like the way that Teresa talked to me on this podcast. Like, you know, she was saying that I need to change my entire schedule around her schedule and all of that. And I was trying to feel, I was trying to be proactive and I was trying to be a good friend and I was trying to be a good co-host. But at the same time, like, you know, she's talking to me like in this rough way, yada, yada, yada. It's possible. It's very possible. And now I'm starting to think of another thing because if you listen to the deleted audio that is still available in my last episode, guys, um, Melissa, Melissa Feaster, she says at the beginning, you know, she talks about Louis and she says, Louis loves us. Like he's my family. Teresa's my family. He supports us. What does that mean? What does that mean, Louis supports us? Is it just like his support as a husband to Teresa and a friend to Melissa, like, you know, towards the podcast? Or is it a financial support when it comes to the podcast, like Namaste Bitches? Or does he oversee some of the operation of the podcast? And it's possible that if that is the case, maybe that is a little suffocating for Melissa. And maybe... You know, the the rumor about the altercation at BravoCon has some legs, right? If Louis really has a, a say in their podcast, in their business, and kind of like, you know, controls like certain aspects of it all, right? Because at this point, what I'm starting to realize from the deleted audio from last week is that Melissa has had a lot of the Bravo celebrities on her other podcast, Side Piece. And again, she even says this, she, she prides herself in um, not taking side and being positive, giving people the benefit of the doubt and you know chances and that kind of stuff. She's not about the drama. That's not what her podcast is about, Side Piece, right? So you could tell that for Melissa, it is very important to cherish those relationships within the Bravo network. That's why when she said to Teresa, yes, I speak with Tamara. Yes, I speak with Margaret. Yes, I speak with Margaret's mom. I've had these people on my podcast. Like, you know, I like them. I don't want to be dragged into this, right? But Teresa does not necessarily have the best of relationship with any of these people, right? Another thing that it made me think of Melissa has had, you know, Frank Catania, she's had him. And I referenced this uh, in my earlier episodes, guys. But for those of you who have not listened to it, she has had Frank Catania on side piece on a multitude of occasions. And they have the best dynamic. Like they laugh. She loves Frank Catania. I think it's, she says that he's like her favorite. She's so happy he's back on her show. And they have like a pretty good chemistry. But lately, you know, Teresa and Frank Catania don't necessarily have the best of relationship. After season 13 rap, Teresa did an episode with Melissa Feaster. And she is kind of being mean towards Frank Catania, Big Frank. 
she is saying that basically he is thirsty that you know his involvement at the reunion just really has to do with him wanting to stay on the show and that he will do anything because he is not relevant anymore because he's no longer with Dolores, Catania, because Dolores is now with Polly. So she says, you know, he's been on the show for all of these years and now he's probably seeing himself like kind of like phasing out of the show. Therefore, he needs to find some sort of drama so he can stay on, right? That's what Teresa said about Frank and at the time they didn't have the podcast where you could actually see them on camera Teresa and Melissa so it was all audio so all I had as like you know cues of that conversation was um their voice you know their voices like Melissa and Teresa so I I'm missing the the non-verbal cues right and uh, Melissa seemed a little bit uncomfortable when Teresa said this because Melissa loves Frank Catania. So all she said was just kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you could, you could hear that she was uncomfortable with the fact that Teresa was not being very nice towards Frank. And I have to say, even for my own part, I thought that that was kind of like a little bit of a shitty comment coming from Teresa, given the fact that Frank has said nothing bad about Teresa in all of the seasons that he has been on. In fact, he has defended her to even Dolores and Siggy um, against the whole thing with Kim D at the posh fashion show and all of that. Like he stood for Teresa. He stood up for her. And then, you know, when she was going through that uh, fitness competition, he, um, he he was very generous with his time and he helped train her and to get her to um, where she needed to be, right, in that competition and all of that. So I thought it was very unfortunate that at the time when Teresa recorded the podcast with Melissa that she did not seem to recall all of the nice things that Frank, Big Frank, had done for her. But anyways what else is new when it comes to that situation but anyways guys let me know in the comments what you think do you think now in light of everything that has transpired since the BravoCon alleged altercation do you think that Melissa Feaster may have opened up to Dana Wilkie and shared her true feelings about how she feels that she is being treated on the Namaste Bitches podcast. Let me know in the comments, guys. Okay, so before I wrap up on the whole thing, guys, one more thing that I wanted, actually two more things that I wanted to share with you is, um, you know, when they were at BravoCon, there was a panel where Andy was doing the squash the beef old thing, and he was, um, basically the question was for Janet, for Aiden, and the question was, what is the shadiest thing Teresa has ever shared with you about me, me being Andy Cohen, right? So... Jennifer, she decided to go in and say to Andy, Andy, I don't think that she appreciates when you um, make fun of her husband. And she kind of goes in on him a little bit. And uh, she really kind of scolded him, to be honest, respectfully. But she put Andy in, her, in his place. And um, what I thought was very interesting during that whole segment was that Jennifer was basically 
um, voluntarily taking a stance for Teresa. And she was defending her friend and telling Andy, the big boss, that Teresa does not appreciate that. So basically, Jennifer is putting her neck on the line and scolding Andy a little bit, right? Teresa is sitting right next to Jen and she is smiling, but you could tell that she is a little bit uncomfortable because Jennifer is calling Andy out on his behavior. And um, instead of just staying quiet and looking at Jennifer and just being like, yeah, the question is for you and just share what I've shared with you, right? Um, she feels the need to intervene and say to Andy, um, I never told her that. I never told her that. She is just saying that because she's my friend, right? Because she's my good friend. She knows me, but I've never said that to her. I've never shared that with her, right? And then I guess the way Jennifer was doing it, and again, I have to be honest, she was being respectful, but she was being Jen, you know? She was kind of like, telling Andy, you need to stop your behavior, right? We don't appreciate that kind of thing. And Andy was listening to her and he was like, okay, fair enough, but you know what? You could tell he was a little bit annoyed, just a little, little bit, right? And I'm not really sure that Andy is like a big fan of Jennifer uh, Aiden. I know a lot of people have been saying that he doesn't like her. I am not in the know, so I cannot confirm that for a fact, but I've always felt like on the show, he tends to be a little, a little shady towards her, right? So anyways, he was listening to her and he's like, well, you know what, Teresa, feel free to call me anytime that you want to discuss these sorts of things. You can just let me know directly, like, i.e., you don't need to speak to Jen about that. You can talk to me directly. After all, we have a pretty long relationship and friendship somewhat, right? So, but you could tell that Teresa was really uncomfortable because she's like, oh no, oh no. Like, it's very important to her to keep up with the appearances, right? It's like, we know, Teresa, you have shared this with Jen. Of course you have. She's your friend. You probably said, you know what? I don't like when Andy makes fun of Louie. I don't like that. And then here's Jen sticking up for Teresa and putting her neck on the line, telling Andy, you need to stop that behavior because she doesn't appreciate it. Instead of Teresa being like, yeah, I have shared that with her at some point in time, you know, because it was too much, right? We were getting bombarded from all sides, including yours, right? Instead, she just says, I never shared that. I never told her that. She just, that this is just her own doing. She's just saying that because she knows me, but I've never said that. So I don't know. You know, when I've said in the past that I don't feel like it's, reciprocated or mutual I know they like to say they're super friends and they're super close and all of that but I think Jen Jennifer Aiden she needs to take little notes of these little because you know what they say it's like it's always in the details and in the small little things that people do right Jennifer is willing to put herself on the line for Teresa but Teresa's like removing all responsibility off of her she's just like nope no, 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 no. I never told her that. That's just Jen talking to you. Nothing to do with it, right? So I thought that was interesting. And another thing that um, was interesting as well um, was during that interview that Kim D had with John Fuda, 
she said to John, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Teresa, but it seems like all of her relationships are falling apart. Like they're crumbling around her. And I don't know, and I'm paraphrasing here, guys, but she did say, I feel like, I don't know if it's like problems that she has on the private front, you know, I don't know if it's marital issues, but it seems like a lot of her relationships are crumbling. So two things that she said verbatim was, I don't know if it's marital issues, but her relationships are crumbling. So, you know, it was alleged that Teresa was supposed to have a jewelry line, like a fitness line, love, 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 and that everything was going great and then i guess like at some point in time the allegations are that louis meddled into her business and now there's no more jewelry line there's no more fit fitness line that kind of stuff right so i thought it was interesting for kim d to mention marital issues and i'm not saying that she meant anything by it maybe she was just having a casual conversation at that point and she was giving different example as to what the problem might be right but it could also be that she has some sort of insight into the relationship. So um, I just thought I would share something that I saw online. And it's from a few years ago. But it might still be relevant right now. Because apparently there was like a New Jersey spy. And um, that was overheard. That overheard Teresa while she was on the phone talking about her whole um, relationship. And apparently the spy said that um, Teresa was saying that things with her girls and with Louis were as bad as ever. And that no matter how big the house was, that the girls could not stand being under the same roof with him. And they also said that the spy said that his smoking was slowly killing killing some of the indoor greenery right so the plants and all of that so i thought that that was interesting but mind you it was from a few years ago and then the spy continued and said that you know it Teresa was overheard saying that you know she couldn't back out of it because she had already signed for the televised release of the wedding special and a possible spin-off right so I thought that it was very interesting when it comes to the whole thing because Teresa is very good at keeping up with those appearances we've seen her do that for years with Joe Judice right and uh, people could say to her like listen he's doing this he's doing that he's doing that. and she'll be like no 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 everything is fine right and it wasn't until everything was done that then she started saying oh no I saw the signs I knew this I knew that I was just not talking about it, right? Protecting my family, protecting my girls. So it wouldn't be uh, so unusual to, for Teresa to do the exact same thing. And then apparently in that article, it said that um, basically the romance between Teresa and Louis might, might not be as perfect as she wants the fans to believe. So that was in an article from Showbiz Chichit. And um, the whole thing about the Bravo Spy, apparently that came from um, someone from that account, Bravo and Cocktails, I believe. So I just thought that this was very interesting and wanted to share with you guys. 
Okay guys, I just thought I would do something a little bit different um, because all of this conversation around what is happening with, you know, Teresa's relationships and, you know, Teresa's uh, friendships that are crumbling, it made me think of um, past characters that have appeared on the show and one of them has been on my mind for quite some time her name is robin levy and i don't know if you guys recall robin was on the show season seven you know she kind of made her debut on housewives on season seven although we can see her in the background of the real housewives of new jersey prior to that season she just never really spoke on camera but we can definitely see her before her and her wife right so to make a long story short Robin was featured officially on the show season seven and um, she you know she's this marketing guru that has like this relationship with all of the cast members I believe she grew up in Montville so you know she was introduced as a friend of Teresa although um, it seems like Robin had relationships with a lot of the women and the cast members on the show and I think she was friends with Joe Judice before she was even friends with Teresa so what I thought was really interesting was that um, you know there's an article that I was able to find where Robin is basically explaining what went wrong with the relationship with Teresa because that was always something that I had on my mind I remember seeing them on their social media back then when Joe was in prison um, Teresa was going out a lot right she, like she was fresh out of prison she had gone through a lot you know losing her mom and then losing her husband and at the same time her kids were a little bit older so you could tell that she was trying to make up for lost time. So Robin and Christina seemed like they were really, really there for Teresa back then because we see Teresa was partying with them a lot. She was going to clubs with them. There were like videos of them dancing together at clubs, you know, and all of that stuff. I don't know if those videos are still up, but I remember seeing them, seeing them back then and they seemed like they were having a lot of fun. And even back then, you know, Melissa Gorga um, and Teresa, Robin and Christina, they celebrated New Year's, um, New Year's Eve at Teresa's house. Like they were all together having fun and all of that jazz, right? So you could tell that um, they had a very good relationship. So therefore, when Melissa decided to put together that trip to go to Vermont, uh, she was like, you know what, let me invite these girls because they are friends with Teresa as well, right? So that's how they got introduced. Now, a little bit of a sidebar that I have to make when it comes to all of that. According to Robin, and this is not something that I knew, guys, so I thought I would share. Um, according to, to Robin, they were brought up with the same kind of like contract to film as Siggy and Dolores. So Dolores and, C and Siggy season seven, that was their official first season on the show. Although Dolores had been on the show since day one, like she was a, an official housewife or cast member season seven with Siggy. So apparently, according to what Robin is saying, production said to her and her wife, Christina Flores, you know what, all of you four, we're just going to throw you in the mix, do your thing, we're going to film you guys, and then we'll decide like, you know, who's going to be a housewife. Maybe all of you make it as a housewife, maybe we just pick one, maybe we just pick two. So do your thing, right? So apparently, Robin filmed way more for the show. 
her and her wife than what we saw right because we just saw her like that scene in the bus where she's like kind of like annoyed with Jacqueline a little bit and she's like oh this is so dumb this argument and all of that and then we see them go uh, country skiing and then the famous scene where she says you know to Jacqueline you saying you calling me a soldier makes me want to rage on your ass right so according to Robin there was way more footage that was left unused for that season right so I always wondered what happened to Robin so here it is I just thought I would uh, read a little bit of this article that I found so um, Robin said that um, she had a relationship with Teresa and that her and Teresa were going to be business part partners for a new show that she had a new series called the facts of wife okay so her and Teresa's best friend and Teresa were supposed to all be equal partners Teresa's best friend was supposed to fund the project okay they never say who the best friend was but this is what they say she was supposed to fund a project they were all supposed to be equal partner partners and then Teresa was kind of like acting as the executive producer slash celebrity person then eventually um, they had a talk with like Robin had a talk with her attorney and then something happened where the friend like Teresa's best friend who was funding the project backed out of it she couldn't fund the project anymore because she was going through a very bad divorce at the time and she was receiving money from her husband so therefore the friend was not allowed to start a business right so then Robin was like okay well you know I still want you as a partner I just can't have you as an equal partner because you're no longer funding the project which means that I need to go and find somebody that can finance the whole thing but I still want you like as part of it right so apparently according to Robin after she said that Teresa and Teresa's best friend wanted out they're just like no like if it's not if we can't all be equal even though I'm not fun like my friend is no longer funding the project like it's it's done like it's we have to kill the deal right so then um, I, I guess it didn't really go very well Robin was trying to pursue Teresa and try to have a conversation with her and hash things out and Teresa and her had a conversation over the phone that apparently didn't go very well okay and uh, Teresa was like really mad because Robin was just like okay it doesn't seem like we're gonna be able to reach an understanding but whether you want to be part of this venture with me or not I'm still moving on with the project and apparently that really pissed Teresa off I find that that's very funny and interesting because it seems like history is repeating itself here we have Teresa back in season 7 who had a very good friend Robin and then she has a best friend who we don't know who it was I'm wondering was it maybe Dina because at the time Dina was going through a divorce too but I'm not saying it's her I just thought of that in my head if you know who the ex-best friend was just let me know in the comments but um I thought that that was very interesting because it reminds me of pizza oven gates with her brother and Louie right so it's like another relationship that goes down the drain because of money and business and that kind of stuff so 
anyways so then um robin explains that she goes on to just have her separate relationship with joe judice like i mentioned before apparently um robin and joe knew each other from before she knew joe before she even knew Teresa. but that didn't really last because you know you you could you can be friends with robin but you're married to your wife and then eventually you know like things went sour too with that relationship between the both both of them that friendship because joe was going through a lot too he was like you know preparing to go to prison so it didn't it didn't uh sustain right so then you know if you wonder how robin even got um cast on the show right so do you remember when Teresa had her little um three what was it three part series like Teresa checks in so apparently Robin was spending a lot of time at the Judice's house because she was friends with Joe and uh, she was invited to film with Joe and uh, also with Rosie. We see Rosie featured on the show. So she was invited there with her wife, spent time with Joe. While Teresa's away, Joe's preparing to go to prison and all of that. And I guess production was interested in Robin because, hey, here's this girl. She's super hot. She has this, you know, personality she's a little bit of a firecracker uh she's a no-nonsense kind of person she's in a gay relationship she's married uh she might be pregnant or maybe she has a one-year-old at that point so they're just like you know what we see housewives material in the two of you so after we do this little thing like for Teresa checks in how about you start coming around for housewives and you know just just see if you have a shot at it kind of thing right so obviously robin is like why not you know like why wouldn't we like we're interesting we're fun like we're hot you know like i'm an accomplished woman and so are you so why wouldn't we do it but apparently rosie had a problem with that rosie was not too fond of that and i think it makes a lot of sense because um if you really think about it at the time rosie was the only character on the show who was a support role like she was not a housewife she was a good support role for kathy but she was the one with the fiery personality she was also a firecracker uh, she gave us some very good television moments she's gay and all of that so maybe rosie felt a little threatened by robin and christina because she's like hey they're a package deal they're together they're married they could actually be the first um couple like the first uh gay couple on housewife so what does it mean for my job right like my storyline and all of that and you know i'm not married i don't have children like i have struggles when it comes to finding a mate so maybe she felt threatened a little bit so here's the thing though you know I don't know if you guys recall during a book signing um teresa was like signing books somewhere i can't remember where <clears throat> but uh, rosie and kathy came on to talk to teresa and say hey please we would like to do dinner with you and teresa's denying them so anyways after that scene we see robin approaching 
Rosie and says, hey, Rosie, I'm trying to be your friend. I send you messages. I call you. You don't return my call. You don't say hello to me. What's going on? What's up? Right. And then Rosie's like, I just said hello to you. So then she's like, yeah, but you're not responding to me. Like, are we good? Like, is there a problem? What's the issue? And then Rosie gets mad and says, I can't with that girl. And she she walks away from Robin. Don't really understand why uh, Rosie reacted in that way because she's usually very warm to people. Nice, she's welcoming, she's fun Rosie. So it was kind of a weird moment. But then it makes sense now because Robin says that as soon as Rosie found out that production was interested in her and her wife, Rosie started getting mad with her. And Rosie took the stance that if I don't film with you, if I don't acknowledge you during filming, then, you know, who are you, right? I don't have to talk to you no more. So basically, that was an other interesting fact for me because she is doing exactly what Teresa is currently doing this season, right? Seems like it runs in the family, this whole thing. Like, I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm going to pretend that I don't know you, even though we have gone on several vacations together, even though there's pictures of us like lunching and having breakfast, even though whenever there's a charity thing going on, like I'm part of it and I'm helping you guys. Like it seems like Rosie and that Robin girl, they were close, right? But no, as soon as Rosie got the indication that the women were on her turf, she was just not having it and now now i'm starting to think that jacqueline you know jacqueline jacqueline was not very nice towards um robin and all we see is that scene where robin is portrayed as this loose cannon ready to pick a fight with jacqueline right and we're just like where are all of this aggressiveness coming from right according to robin there was way more footage than just that scene remember they were filming just as much as dolores and siggy with the hope that they would get cast as, as official housewives of the show so is it possible that Jacqueline, because Jacqueline was very protective of Rosie and Kathy at the time, right? Her relationship with Melissa wasn't that great. Her relationship with Teresa wasn't that great. So is it possible that Jacqueline was purposely trying to antagonize Robin while filming so, you know, so that um, her friend Kathy and Rosie do not lose their position on the show so that uh, Robin and Christina don't make alliances on the show and then eventually don't get cast. It's very possible. I wouldn't put it past Jacqueline. So I thought that that was very interesting. Very, very interesting because for the longest time I've been wondering about what happened to Robin. So here's another thing when it comes to the whole thing. Maybe, maybe the ladies did in fact do robin wrong because according to robin when the show aired dolores called her on the phone to apologize to her and this is how it came about apparently dolores picked up the phone and said hey it's dolores my daughter said my daughter gabby said that uh, i wasn't very nice to you and we were very mean to you so i wanted to apologize so then uh robin was like yep yep 
and that was basically the extent of the conversation. I thought that was interesting. So it probably means that there were some things that we did not see. So another thing that I thought that you guys would think it's a little interesting is that you know when Melissa had her fashion show that was that season season seven and Robin and Christina attended the fashion show Robin had a beautiful dress you know she was like right there in the crowd with the women and then there's some pictures of that fashion show and if you look all the way to the back Jennifer Aiden and her sister were attending the fashion show back in season seven. Obviously, she was not sitting at the front because she was not a housewife, but she can be seen completely at the back with her sister attending the fashion show. So back then, it seemed like Jen had high aspiration to not only become a housewife, but maybe to be closer to Melissa. Just thought I would point that out. And finally, guys, the last thing that I thought was interesting when it comes to Robin Levy you know that book not all diamonds and rose by Dave Quinn so um, in the acknowledgments at the end you know there is um, like it says this regretfully the following individuals interviews did not make the final book so then he names all of the people that did not make the final book we can find dana wilkie in there she interviewed for dave quinn and for you know to to, to you know to have um her story or her perception on the book but it didn't make the cut there's also cedric martinez didn't make the cut and there's also robin levy so I don't know. I don't know what Robin said. I would be curious what she shared with Dave Quinn, but obviously it's like, you know, Andy Cohen's book and all of that books. So I'm not surprised that it didn't make the cut because there's probably things here that, you know, maybe Andy didn't feel comfortable that Robin shares with all of us. Uh, I think the only thing I heard Andy say when it comes to that whole situation is that he's a little disappointed in himself, you know, as a gay man and having the opportunity to have the first gay couple um, to be made into housewives that it was like really a missed opportunity. I think I've heard him say that or I've read something about him saying that but i thought that that was very interesting let me know in the comments guys what you think i hope you have enjoyed this little episode of where are they now and as always guys thank you so much for listening thank you for tuning in don't forget to like share and subscribe and as always be a fan not fanatical ciao